Welcome to the Wizard of Whiskey podcast. I'm here today with uh, Stephen Wilson. He is the National Brand Ambassador for Crown Royal. How are you today, Stephen? Justin, I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, absolutely. So we're we're talking Crown Royal. We're talking Canadian whiskey. Um, it's about 10 a.m. here where I am, uh, so it's a great time to, to start drinking. So um, let's jump right in. Tell me a little bit about what you do. I will. Uh, you know, Justin, I will say I know it's 10 a.m., but as I always say, please enjoy responsibly. It doesn't matter the time of day. Um, so I, I've, I'm lucky. I've, I've worked uh, with the Diageo whiskey team for almost 10 years. In fact, I'm coming up on my anniversary soon. And uh, I took on a new role last fall as the national brand ambassador for Crown Royal. So my primary focus is to, to be that liaison between our hardworking men and women um, in Gimli, which is where Crown Royal produced, is produced. So that's about, about an hour and 10 minutes north of Winnipeg in Manitoba. Uh, and then also working with our, our blending team in La Salle, which is uh, right outside of Montreal. So working with them, you know, kind of to, to really dive into how we produce Crown Royal, the quality, the craftsmanship that goes into it, working with the blenders to understand how these blends are put together and why these liquids are, are so fantastic. And then bringing that back over and being able to relay that information to those who are enjoying Crown Royal. And it could be, you know, adults enjoying Crown Royal for the first time. It could be folks who have been enjoying Crown Royal for many, many, many years. Um, and then everything in between. So from hosting small, intimate dinners to hosting large VIP events to going in and working with the industry and the trade and working on cocktail programs. Every day is a little different, uh, but at the end of the day, it's always about those good conversations and, and the good people I get to meet and, of course, uh, being able to share great whiskey with them. Fantastic. Well, it sounds like a lot of fun. It's a blast, man. I, I, if you find something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. That's what that's what the saying is, right? And I definitely love what I do, and I love being able to to share these great great Crown Royal whiskeys with folks. Perfect. Um, okay, so how about a little bit of the history of Crown Royal? Um, there's a lot of myths surrounding whiskey, um, just in general, but it seems like there's there's obviously people who 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 can dispel bourbon myths but don't know Canadian whiskey. There are people who, who know scotch but don't know bourbon. You know, they're, they're, Everybody kind of knows a little bit about one thing as opposed to everybody knowing everything. So let's, let's make our listeners um, know everything. Tell me about um, the history behind Crown Royal and a little bit about uh, Canadian whiskey. Absolutely. You know, when you look at uh, all the different styles of whiskey throughout the world, there, there are certainly – very set parameters, what makes a scotch a scotch, what makes a bourbon a bourbon, you know, what makes a Tennessee whiskey a Tennessee whiskey, an Irish whiskey an Irish whiskey. Uh, with Canadian whiskey, of course, it's going to be a product of Canada. Um, it's going to be aged uh, for a minimum of three years. Um, and what they always define, if you look at the uh, Canadian Excise Act, it'll say aged in small wood. Now, we can leave that up to a lot of interpretation. Um, the barrels that we use uh, in Gimli, are about 205 liters, so they're they're pretty much your your standard what you would see within the bourbon industry or the American whiskey industry, about the standard size of a, a normal barrel. Um, so that is our definition of small wood. Um, and then there's there's some other parameters that are involved as well, but but really first and foremost, it's going to be a product of Canada, and it's going to meet those requirements that we just spoke about. When you look at the history of Crown Royal, 
Crown Royal has uh, such an interesting and rich history, and it's something we don't talk about, or we, we're talking about more, but we didn't talk about as often as we should have for a while. And, you know, this is the whiskey that was created in 1939 to honor the king and queen. So King George VI and his wife, Queen Elizabeth, and in fact, if you if you happen to see the king's speech, uh, which was a fantastic movie, um, that's King George VI, so I'll give you a little point of reference there. But they made their way over to Canada, and they were going to do kind of a, a little train tour through Canada. Uh, and at the time, uh, a very, as I always say, a, a wonderful young entrepreneur um, who really was thinking outside of the box wanted to create something very special. He wanted to create a whiskey to present to the king and the queen. And uh, he worked tirelessly at that until he came up with what he thought and felt was a blend of, of at the time, 50 of, of, of the best whiskeys that, that he could get his hands on, that he had access to. And, uh, and that's where Crown Royal was born. So this really was a whiskey that was created for King. And they put, um, the story goes that they, they put about 10 cases of the whiskey on the Royal train car. Uh, I don't think you and I were there. I don't know anybody that was there, but I would like to think the King and Queen might have had a, had a little taste along their journey through Canada. But uh, what happened was creating that whiskey created some buzz. It created some excitement. Folks in the local area wanted to know more about it. They wanted to taste it, and they kept producing that whiskey. And then by the 1960s, that whiskey had made its way into the U.S. And so all of a sudden, you had this, this wonderful whiskey that was created in 1939, for the king and queen that was now being shared with folks here in the U.S. And then the rest is, is kind of history. And here we are on an early Friday morning um, talking about some, some lovely, lovely Canadian whiskey. So that's a little background, kind of abbreviated, but a little quick background. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. <clears throat> well, um, why don't we start tasting? Um, yeah. I've got the Crown Royal Deluxe in front of me. Um Tell me a little bit about uh, about this one. So Crown Royal Deluxe is, is, the, is the whiskey that started it all. So that's, that's the front and center piece of, of the Crown Royal family. They, um, I think it's the, it's the whiskey that best embodies what Crown Royal is all about. And to give you a little background before we taste the liquid, and something that I've always find fascinating, um, or I find fascinating, we talk about Crown Royal being a blend. So in Gimli, at our distillery, we actually produce five different styles of whiskey. We produce what we call two base whiskeys. Um, these are these are 100% corn. We distill them two different ways, um, once on, on kind of a continuous still, which is a, a set of columns, and that's going to give us a very light, clean spirit, and that's what we're looking for. We're also going to distill one on what we call a kettle column still, which is almost exactly what it sounds like, a kettle with a, a column on top. And that's going to give us this creaminess. It's going to give us kind of this, like, almost like a juicy kind of fruit quality, this rich, nice creaminess. So we'll have those two whiskeys. And then we're also going to create a, a bourbon style. Uh, obviously, not in the U.S. We're not going to call it bourbon. It's a bourbon style. And that's going to give us the floral, the grainy notes. We're going to get some nice vanilla influence from the oak barrels. We're going to create a rye whiskey, which is going to give us those nice baking spices, um, nutmeg, cinnamon, clove. We're going to get a little of that dryness coming through on that. And then we'll, we'll also uh, produce a what we call a coffee rye, um, which has nothing to do with coffee. It's just the name of the, the still that we use. It's named after a gentleman, Aeneas Coffee. Um, but that whiskey is going to give us this, like, chocolatey kind of banana quality to it. It's 
beautiful, rich creaminess as well. So we take all of those whiskeys, age those in a combination of brand-new American oak, previously used American oak, and we end up with a lot of different flavors, a lot of different personalities. And that's when our blenders get to go in and start having fun. We start to get to pull this and pull a little bit of that. And the idea with what you're getting ready to taste, Crown Royal Deluxe, we want the Lux to taste the same today as it does next week, as it does the week after that, as it does two years from now. Um, because this is, the, the again, this is the centerpiece of, of what Crown Royal is all about. So if you have the whiskey in your hand, which I think you probably do, Oh, yeah. um, just go ahead, yeah, just go ahead, bring it up to your nose, and I'll walk you through my favorite t- uh, tasting technique, what I, what I really like to do. So if you bring it up to your nose, kind of hold it back from your nose a little bit. Just open your mouth slightly as you breathe in through your nose. Really get the olfactory system kind of engaged. Right off the top, you really should get this beautiful kind of creamy oak and vanilla, nice little bit of light spiciness on the nose, super approachable. Really just quite, quite lovely. And keep in mind, too, you know, these are just the things that I always like to look for, and these are the things I pick up. But but to not only you, but to everyone listening, you know, we all taste things differently. We all pick up different flavors, different aromas. That's part of the fun, I think, of sharing great whiskey with folks. And then um, when you're ready, uh, I'm going to have you take a sip, and I'm going to walk you through a little technique I like uh, called retronasal olfaction, which is also a fun word to to throw out at parties if you want but um but just take a little sip of the of the whiskey hold it in the center of your mouth and then just kind of tilt your head side to side so that you let the whiskey kind of move cheek to cheek and bring the whiskey forward in your mouth kind of push it up toward the roof of your mouth so we're really hitting all sides of the mouth and then when you're ready go ahead and and swallow the whiskey and then open your mouth Breathe in across your tongue, close your mouth, breathe out through your nose, and you really will capture what Crown Royal and Crown Royal Deluxe is all about. And again, it's that beautiful creaminess, that really lovely, lovely mouthfeel, the vanilla coming in from the American oak barrels, nice little bit of oak influence in there as well, that light spiciness, you know, we're tasting some of that rye whiskey that's in there. Wow. Okay. As uh, <clears throat> this week, I just happened to be um, boxing up uh, a, a bunch of bottles from my booze collection, and I've already um, boxed up about twelve cases, with uh, I, I don't know forty more to go, possibly. I, I don't even know how much I have, which is why I'm trying to organize it all. Um, a, a vast majority of it is whiskey, and. Uh, I think only one of those bottles is Canadian, um, <clears throat> as far as as far as the whiskeys go, um, and it's not that I've I've been turned off by Canadian whiskey. It's just that I haven't had a chance to explore. Um, tasting this brings me back to um, it, it's a memory for me. My grandfather used to drink it. Um, oh wow! And. Uh, so tasting it, it kind of took me right back there um, to one of my very first sips of whiskey, which was when I was a little kid. Don't tell anybody. Um, you know, when you're when you're a kid, when you're eight, nine years old, you oh yeah, what are, what are you drinking? What are you drinking? You know, what are you doing? And uh, you know, to to prove a point, my grandfather let me take a sip, and um, most people, most most children will 
be disgusted by it, but I, for some reason, was intrigued by the taste, and um, hence my my career path. But <clears throat> it's it's quite fantastic. It's I, I now I'm trying to figure out in my head um, why whiskey enthusiasts um, the world over aren't embracing uh, more uh, more Canadian whiskeys, which hopefully this podcast will will uh will have that effect. Um but yeah, it is it is fantastic. What I got what I got was notes of of Klondike bar, which is, you know, ice cream uh and chocolate. Yeah. Um you know, so I got that creaminess, but you know, a little bit of that uh a little bit of that chocolate. Um I did get a little tiny bit of of baking spice from the rye. Um I got characteristics from from like everything you said from from bourbon to um <clears throat> You know, honeysuckle, um, quite a bit of floral notes. Um, so yeah, it's very complex. It's it's not a it's not a single, um, you know, single line whiskey in the way that some unfortunately that some you know barrel strength bourbon is or, or some you know some some peated scotches where yeah there's complexity there but you have to get through layers and layers and layers of the same thing in order to get to that. Um, so well done is what I'm trying to say. Well, thank you, and, and I mean, really, it, I say thank you, but really, it's it's a testament to, to again our folks in Gimli, our folks in style, just the history, the craftsmanship, you know. And you know, we we have folks that have been at our distillery a very, very long time. We have our blending team has been with us a very, very long time, and it's that it's that expertise, it's that experience. You know, the other thing that fascinates me is, I think about quality, and and even even when we get the grains uh, at the distillery, and we tr- we try to source our grain as close to Gimli as I can. So Gimli's in Manitoba, so we're really trying to source everything as, as close as possible. But just the fact that when we get a truckload of corn, when we get the truckloads of rye coming in, you know, the, before we even unload that, that grain into the distillery, the, the quality checks that we're performing, because we, we want to start with the best grain possible. And then, you know, we're going to take that grain and we're going to create those five individual whiskeys that you and I were chatting about a few minutes ago. And then we're going to take care to put them in just the right barrels and, let them age for just the right amount of time. And so when you start thinking about that process, um, you, you taste it when you actually sit back and you, and you, and you taste the whiskey. And what you just said reminded me of something. I, I conducted a tasting recently, and I won't say where, only because I don't, I don't, I don't know who's listening, so I won't say where. But it, it was probably for about 50 folks, and a majority of them had enjoyed Crown before. A majority of them knew what Crown Royal was all about. But most of them, and I will say like probably 90% of them had never experienced Crown the way you and I just did. And they all had that aha moment of, wow, I've been enjoying this for years, but I never took the time to really kind of say, wow, there's a lot going on here. You know, I always made a cocktail or I always put an ice cube in it. I never really took the time to, to explore the whiskey. And I think that's always, uh, no matter what the whiskey is, it's always important to start the way we just started because now we know what the whiskey's about. Now let's go have fun. Let's, let's make a Manhattan. Let's, uh, let's enjoy it with a little bit of ice, you know, let's, let's make our favorite cocktail because now we understand it. Yeah. I, uh, I couldn't agree more with you on that. I, I do think that a lot of people, they'll buy a product only intending to make something with it. So, so they'll buy it as if it's a, a part of a whole, as opposed to its own thing. Um, exactly. people don't 
and again, I really shouldn't say a general you know statement like that, but in, in my experience, most people don't purchase um, vodka and, and other components of, of certain cocktails and then go home and taste through each one of those components to see which what is the actual best mix. They'll, they'll experiment with the cocktail itself, but um, they won't sit down with, you know, the way we will in a very um, you know, laboratory type of way and, and sit down and um, try and nail down what each individual thing is bringing to, to, the, to the whole. But again, that's, that's the culinary and then me coming out um, and a little bit of the mad scientist. Um, anyway, so on to, uh, on to the rye. On to the rye. Well, you, you know, you talk about a whiskey that, that we've been very excited about and just uh, over the moon about in so many ways. Uh, the Northern Harvest Rye, uh, Jim Murray, who I've been a fan of Jim Murray for, for so many years, um, named this World Whiskey of the Year for 2016. So it's, needless to say, it's a pretty big deal. Um, and the cool thing that I've loved, just on a personal note, is that it's made folks kind of have that moment of, oh, I need to... I need to look at Canadian whiskey a little bit more. And that started a lot of wonderful conversations and, uh, and certainly led to some, to some great evenings and, some, and some, uh, just meeting some great folks along the way. So we're really, really, really proud of this whiskey, needless to say. Um, so what makes this whiskey unique is the fact that at Gimli, we produced a rye whiskey. We talked about that. We take that rye whiskey and then we blend in some of those other whiskeys we produce. So we end up with something very, very unique. And to me, I find it a little lighter, um, but not quite as aggressive as some of the American ryes. I've even had, in the last you know, six, seven months, folks who are like, oh, I'm not a rye fan. You know what? I know, maybe you're not, but, but try this. I want you to try it. It's a little different. And then I've had them say, wow, okay, so I do like rye whiskey. Um, so, again, bring it, you know, bring it up to your nose. We'll kind of go through the same technique. Well, in the most to me, you really get those, you know, you get those nice baking spices. You get that clove, that nutmeg. I almost get like a little little bit of apple or baked apple. A little hint of the wood coming into play. And then when you're ready, just go ahead and take the sip. And, and you know, we can kind of do the same thing we just did, which is just let it really kind of move cheek to cheek and bring the liquid forward in your mouth and push it to the roof of your mouth and, And again, when you're ready, you can swallow and breathe across your tongue, close your mouth, breathe out through your nose. Wow. You really should get this. Yeah, it's, it's creamy. It's got this, this lovely sweetness to it. It's got that spice coming into play. You get the oak vanilla. It's got a little hint of dryness. Again, all those layers. Think about all those, those whiskeys working together, you know. There's there's one distinct two two distinct things I get in this and one is peach pie and the other is lilac. Um, wow, nice. It's yeah, it's incredibly soft and incredibly floral. And for those of you who don't like rye, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, um, <laughs> buy this. This is really fucking fantastic. Um, it's it's what rye can be when it's not sitting in a barrel for four years. That's just all about the, the oak, all about the char. Um, this is what rye can be when it's not completely overtaken by wood. If that makes sense. 
Well, it makes sense to me. I'm just, I hope it makes sense to everyone that's listening, but it makes perfect sense to me. I, I appreciate that. I think that's a, a really a, a lovely comment. And again, you know, it, it's a testament to, to the art and the craft that we put into to making this particular whiskey. You know, one of my favorite things to do is when we get truckloads of rye in, uh, one of the quality checks we like to do is we'll kind of put that rye in a little glass and we'll cover it up. Sometimes we'll add a little bit of water to it, hot water to it. We'll let it sit there for a second. And then when you do that and you, you open it up right off the top, you're, you're getting those baking spices and that clove and these just gorgeous, gorgeous aromas. And, you know, when we take that and we, we just, we go through the distillation process, they come through. And then when you age it just the right amount of time, you still, you get that influence from the wood, but you're still getting that beautiful, beautiful influence from the grain. And, um, it just makes it really, really special. This is absolutely, this is a, it's a gorgeous whiskey. And it's one of those whiskeys I just love being able to share with folks. So I'm glad you had the reaction that you had. Yeah, I, uh, I'm going to be completely honest. Um, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's my training, uh, years of, of quote-unquote whiskey experts and, and, and sommeliers and, and, and tasters and, and judges and um, bashing on um, lighter whiskeys, and not just Canadian whiskeys, but, but Irish whiskeys. And, um, uh, it seems that the... That within the the whiskey or spirits judging um world is people they they love the the big harsh you know stuff you know ultra aged you know just really big and and, and bold the same way you know uh Robert Parker loves California cab and bordeaux you know just big you know earth bombs and um <clears throat> but uh i think there's something to be said for uh for for the lighter, um, softer whiskey, I I don't think I had experienced rye like that, and now I think I have to go back, and maybe taste through all the ryes. I probably have thirty or forty ryes in the collection. I'll have to go back and see if there's one that's even closely similar. Um, and I think, like I said, most of them are are going to be they're going to be oak bombs. Um, so, um, so yeah, I, I was I was very impressed with it, and I can see why Jim Murray. Um, particularly um enjoyed it so yeah you know and i think the going back to what you said i think with the whiskey sometimes we uh we all probably fall guilty of you know we'll, we'll get into a certain flavor profile that we really enjoy something that we tend to gravitate toward uh, more often than not but i think what what sets a lot of us apart and, and yourself included is that we you know we're very open and so we we start to understand the nuances of the lighter whiskeys and so that's how I know sometimes I laugh that for me, with all the years and all the whiskeys I've enjoyed and whiskeys I've had the pleasure of working with, that I mean, sometimes it takes me 20 minutes to figure out what I want because I'm kind of like, well, what, what have I not had lately? What am I in the mood for? Oh, they have a bottle of this. Oh, you know, it's, uh, and, and I'm not one of those people. If it's 95 degrees, I have the whiskey for when it's night. I mean, I can, I'll drink the same whiskey at 95 degrees as I will at, you know, 25 degrees. It just depends on, mood and uh, kind of like when we select a wine or we're having a meal it's that, it's that same thing um, so I, I love the, your what you just said I really appreciated that yeah I am um, we're, we're of the same mind when it comes to that I have several bottles um, <clears throat> of, uh, of smoked porter and I think I've got a bourbon county stout ready to go this week oh. and it's 100 degrees here um, yeah. but who cares 
you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. First of all, there's no winter in California, at least where I'm at. True. So yeah, yeah. I'm really not gonna wait for winter. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I tend to not order because I get frustrated by a massive selection. If I walk into a place and there's like three choices, yeah, I can pick one. If there's thirty choices, it's oh yeah, I'll be the designated driver. You guys go ahead. I I just can't wrap my mind around choices. Um, well, so, based on what you just what you just described with beer, and uh, we're not talking about beer, obviously we're talking about Crown Royal, but uh, I, right. I feel like our beer tastes are probably very very similar based on the the suggestions you just threw out. So yeah, uh, for sure. So we have the uh, we have the coffee ride too, right? That's uh, the next uh, one. Yeah, we have the we have the hand select barrel. Um, and for for those who don't know, um, coffee is actually refers to a, a type of still. Um, it's the coffee still. Um, and it produces, like you, like Stephen was saying earlier, very distinctive flavors, um, which is why it's preferred um, outside of the United States um, for for a lot of production. So, um, so go ahead. Yeah, no, Aeneas Coffee. Uh, he, you know, he he took a column still, he modified it. it. It becomes, you know, essentially, it's a double distillation, really, when we when we break it down. And uh, we're the only distillery in North America that, that utilizes that and has that uh, to, at our distillery to, to be able to produce this, this lovely, lovely spirit. Um, this is a whiskey that's aged, you know, when we talk about using some brand new oak and we use previously seasoned oak, we bring all the barrels into Crown Royal brand new. So when, when, we, when we order our barrels, we give them at brand new. And then we'll continue to reuse them within the distillery, and we can use them as many times as we want. But there, there will come a time and point where the wood has nothing left to give, and that, that does happen. With the coffee rye that we're about to taste, or our hand select barrel, uh, this is aged in, in brand new oak. So all of this liquid is going into brand new oak. So we're going to get a lot of that nice influence um, from the wood. This, to me, when you when you think about, and this is a good way to think about it from a culinary standpoint, I think you'll appreciate this. When you think about baking, especially, I, I equate this to kind of the vanilla extract of Crown Royal. So... This coffee rye fits into all of the Crown Royal whiskey, but it's got so much flavor and it's so important and so powerful that we don't need that much in the blend for it to come through and for it to shine. Unlike vanilla extract, and I'm sure you and I have both been there and probably some of the listeners as well, uh, this whiskey tastes amazing on its own. Um, I don't necessarily recommend tasting vanilla extract on its own, but this whiskey tastes amazing on its own. So a very special whiskey. Uh, it is 103 proof. Sometimes I debate on whether or not telling folks that up front because I don't want you to have a preconceived idea. But um, just because I know some folks may not be tasting it with us, I want to kind of go ahead and, and bring that out. But, but, yeah, go ahead again. Bring it up to your nose. And on the nose, you're really going to get this. It's rich. It's robust. You get almost, to me, that chocolatey banana quality get a nice little bit of that fruitiness coming in. You get the vanilla. You get the oak. And then uh, when you're ready, I'll, I'll leave it to you to taste it, and I'll just kind of remind everybody what we've been doing, which is let it sit there in the center of your tongue and kind of move it cheek to cheek and bring it forward in your mouth, push it to the roof, and then swallow, breathe in across the tongue, close the mouth, breathe out through the nose. And you really should get that creaminess again 
that that beautiful rich oak, that that like I said, almost chocolatey banana quality. Long finish. <clears throat> yeah, it does have a long finish. Um, yeah. Wow. Um, that is really interesting. Um, I it took me a couple of seconds, and I'm sure you've you've done this too. Um, you'll you'll know something, and you just quite can't put your finger on what it is. Um, yep. Say so you go back to your you know um, your memory bank and just think. Um, the closest thing I can think of is is this um, crazy black tea that I get in Chinatown in San Francisco. Um, it's incredibly earthy, and it's not you know it's not Lipton uh, tea. So that's that's what I'm getting. I'm getting this just really funky black tea, um, which is is a it's a good thing because um, I love that that kind of earthiness um, to come out. I am kind of getting. And like you said, banana, um, definitely sweetened banana, so something like maybe like Bananas Foster or something like that. Um, and then on the mouthfeel, it's, it's like you said, it's creamy. Um, the the alcohol doesn't overpower. I think a lot of people are concerned when something's over uh, 40% is they, whoa, whoa, that's too much. Um, and I'm sure you've tasted things that were too much. You know, I've tasted, you know, things that were in the, in the 60s, the high 60s of, of proof. Yeah, and, um, I definitely tasted some, it, some, some pretty powerful liquids. So. Yeah, um, you know, when you, when you start getting into the uh, 120, you know, proofs, it's it can be a, a bit much. Um, but uh, at, at 103, it's actually pretty soft. Um, it's it's complex still. I, I get um, I get that rye quality. Um, I still get a little bit of that of that peach pie on the on the palate. So, yeah, I would I would say well done again. Yeah, and I, I this this is a whiskey, and thank you. I mean, thank you first and foremost. And again, I say thank you on just behalf of of our entire entire crown team because these these are whiskeys that you know really just to me set set a standard, uh, especially for Canadian whiskey. This this is interesting to me because. Here's a whiskey we've been producing for years, years. I mean, it's always been part of the the Crown Royal blend, and you know, it's the very first time that that we've ever basically. It's really the first time we've ever done a single barrel, and for us to just look at this one particular this blend, this one particular whiskey, and say, well, this is what we want to to make that single barrel. This is what we want to represent Crown. I mean, it's it's been great. It's been great sharing this. Um, there's some of the stories just over the last year and, and the reactions and, and, and the comments that I, I, there's been second to none. And one of the things I've, I've discovered, and uh, I shouldn't say this, but I will, is that I often don't tell people what the proof is. And I, I kind of mentioned that a moment ago because I found that when I would say 103, everybody immediately had, they put up their, they put up the guard. But when I just said, let's taste this, this, this liquid, let's taste through it. Let's talk about it. And then I said, oh, and by the way, it was 103. Then most people say, no, it wasn't. And I have to actually show them the bottle and prove that it was. Yeah. That, that's been a lot of fun, too, you know. No, definitely. I, I completely understand that. I I used to teach. The, the, the term Wizard of Whiskey actually comes from a customer. Um, <clears throat> I was I was teaching whiskey classes every Sunday in Chicago. 
um, at this little retail shop that I was running, and uh, the term Wizard of Whiskey was bestowed upon me uh, by, by one of those um, attendees, and uh, so I'm teaching classes, and what I would do is I would show them everything. I had the little small, you know, one-gallon barrel, you know, um, to, to show as, a, as an example, and we filled it up with some, you know, some white dog, and um, a couple of weeks later, we opened it up, and, and eventually I took the barrel apart to show them what it looked like, and um, <clears throat> I would always taste them on the whiskeys completely blind, so that they didn't um, have any preconceived notion whatsoever. Um, and that's, to, to me, that's, that's the best way to to educate, you know. Obviously, you know, being a Crown Royal, they're going to know um, that it's Crown Royal, but yeah, I, the the less information they have at the beginning, the the better um, right. I think the products are going to be received. Um, well, uh, thank you very much, uh, Stephen Wilson of Crown Royal. Um, very eye-opening uh, Canadian whiskey experience. Um, <clears throat> where uh, where can people find uh, Crown Royal on on social media? I'm sure that I'm sure that you guys have uh, the Facebook and all that. Absolutely, yeah. And Justin, you know, first and foremost, thank you for for having me on today. It's, it's been a pleasure chatting with you and 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 sharing some great whiskey with you. And uh, I hope we get to share with you in person uh, very very soon, um, as opposed to from coast to coast. But yeah, you know, the Crown Royal has a Facebook page, of course. Um, you can always uh, follow Crown Royal on Twitter and Instagram, just hashtag or at Crown Royal. And um, and then of course the Crown Royal website, so www.crownroyal.com. And we're uh, we're constantly trying to to keep those updated and make them better and more user-friendly and showcase what we're doing and new whiskeys we might have uh, down the road and, and things like that. So really want to want to stay engaged with everybody. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Stephen. Um, hang out for just a second, and we'll uh, we'll do do some wrap-up. But uh, for everyone else, uh, thank you very much for, uh, for tuning in. Um, you can follow me at Wizard of Whiskey on the Twitter, um, and of course, uh, like our Facebook page. Um, thank you very much. <laughs>